All right, here we are. Uh, episode 22, Shrug Me the Mooney. It is 10-10-2020, Saturday, October 10th. Uh, how you feeling today, Shrug? Uh, it's a somber day in light of the events um of last night. I won't get into it. If you want to hear me get into it, check out our um playoff um me and Joel's playoff um finale. This the the finale of our series um on YouTube. Check out the old videos too, so you could uh, mock us for being uh wrong on like a lot. But you know we made good points. Joel made excellent points so it's yeah. a good look but you were passionate the, despite the uh, outcome being different than you hope and uh joel was on those videos and uh joel how you feeling right now after last night too i don't want to bring it up again but how you feeling yeah, um, i'm not gonna lie i feel this is constantly disappointed but it you know it is what it is short game 60 game season this whole year has been up and down more downs than ups, but you know, it is what it is. You know, Mike, before then go on, like I described it last night, like last night was like euthanasia. Like, you know, like it, it was a death, but it was like the least painful death because you know, this whole it, it, I'm gonna get into it more on the thing. Like I so, said, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like the whole season, like they've been good and then they've been awful and then they've been good again. So like this whole division series and wildcard series kind of was like a microcosm of that. Like they were, they they inspired you, and then they um took your faith away, and then they finally just you know they they were who they were. So basically, Aaron Boone was like, Aaron Boone's going to the uh, bullpen. Oh, he's bringing out Doctor Kevorkian <laughs> <laughs> to put this team out of its misery. Yeah. Bringing the righty. <laughs> The righty with the syringe full of um cyanide. <laughs> well, now they get a nice trip. They're out in out west. They can still hang out there for the next couple of days. Uh, but yeah, so our last video, our last episode, episode twenty one, it was right after uh, it was announced that Trump had uh, Trump and everyone else, uh, mo- most of his staff at the White House had uh, seemed like everybody. Yeah, everyone. I mean, it was like the thing to be on the list. Like you had to be on it. Um, or you're, you know, so basically that was, that was a week ago. And it was, so basically it's almost 10 days pretty much since it was announced. And if, uh, that's like a minor, um, if you have it like a minor case of it, that's like the, the amount of time that you should be, uh, quarantined, uh, before you make any plans of being in public or and anything like that. And it was announced, uh, quite recently that Trump is already planning his next huge, like public uh, public appearance is going to be at the White House on a balcony, you know, like, you know, how it's there, like 2,000 people invited. Uh, so another super spreader uh, rally that they call it. But the other one before that was the one um, right near the debate. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy how like, so much stuff happened and it's only been like a week. Um, they're saying that he should be at least 20 days because um, he's taking these steroids and stuff that everyone's saying that People give they give those steroids to like people that are on the freaking bed, you know, like the hospital beds. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna see that. And with that, it's also another debate. Uh, another debate happened on Tuesday, October seventh. It was the vice pre- presidential one with Kamala Harris and Mike Pence. Mike Pence, what he calls him. Uh, we'll t- we'll get into that. 
basically there's like four points to that. I'm we're gonna I'm gonna toss out to the guys. Uh, and then another thing, another not civil debates are supposed to be civil. This was not civil. This was civil dis- disobedience. Uh, there was like a they're calling it like a militia group, like a uh, like a domestic terrorist terrorist group is what they're labeling it. They had a plot to kidnap the Michigan governor uh, and the other officials too, and they also were gonna do. Uh, kind of like uh i'll get into it after but kind of like kidnapping police officers too just to bring chaos into the whole uh, mix so we're gonna jump into that that's very interesting and then uh, yeah and we're gonna talk about some other things that are on our chest get them off and uh, that's gonna be our episode so let's uh let's jump into it all right so it's saturday october 10th and uh after testing positive for coronavirus trump is he just uh had his first public uh event uh on the south lawn of the white house so we're recording this at two, it's like two something right now. And the event just ended or it's still going on or it just ended. So I'm just going to toss out some of the, some of the headlines and some of the uh, takes, t- you know, the takes that are, the reporters are saying, I didn't watch this personally. So I'm just going to trust the media. So uh, basically they're also saying that there was another group. Uh, so they're saying it's not a campaign event. Um, so 2,000 invitations were sent out, and a lot of them were with this group. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. I haven't really heard of it, the, you know, the actual group. But it's called Blexit. Have you heard of Blexit? Oh, I've, it sounds familiar. I think yeah, it's, a, it's, um, a on, it's a take on the whole Brit, Brexit and the British thing. But it's, oh, it's, it's the, like, ain't uh, it like the black people I want to leave the Democratic Party or some, some, some nonsense like that? Yeah, it says it's like 8% of what the Republican Party are. I think it's black, but it says like black and Latino, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they're saying they had their own event earlier in the day, and they're saying this is separate from this, but it seems like they're like working together for like a, the rally, so they can say it's not a rally because he's not supposed to have campaign things. All right, so uh, so the Trump's appearance, he came out on his balcony and he did this whole shtick because you know he's like a, he's a freaking. You know, he's like, he's he brazenly took off the mask with a smirk. Um, is a, you know the the mask, and he it's basically dissing law and order. Like you know, he always tweets that out every once in a while, law and order. Mm-hmm. So basically, it was a pro uh, authority, pro um, the police officers, and then he he uh, he addressed he he mentioned like black and Latino a lot, saying that you know uh, they're they're police are trying to help. Um, I'm trying to drop this away. It's the same thing. Uh, Make America Great Again is like always, it's a sea of red in the uh, South Lawn. Red masks and red hats. So they're wearing the masks. So. But yeah, it's only been 10 days since he was, uh, Trump was diagnosed with it. And they're saying this is not protocol. Yeah, so what do you think about this? How Trump should be showing do you think trump should be uh being more of an example of how you should be handling this yeah. uh yeah so yeah you're the, the leader of um the country you gotta lead by example like i mean as much as he makes fun of biden which i think is like kind of like uh I don't know if it's like an intended like jab at Trump, but every I feel like every time like 
Biden's taken a COVID test and it's come out negative, like it's been like reported. So, you know, he and he made fun of Biden for wearing a mask and, and you know, doing his campaigning from his house and stuff like that. But Biden is leading by example and people, the doctors, the CDC, Fauci, everyone's saying that like a lot of the measures that Biden is taking is what the country needs to be doing to like, you know, hurry up and like, you know, uh, corner the disease and and to finally get rid of it and maybe possibly get back to a place of normalcy. And if you as a president keep on, you know, um, basically uh, disparaging or making a mockery of people um, doing the mandates and taking the precautions and stuff like that, then you, you're only elongating the, the issue. And I find that incredible for a person like Trump. Like, why would you want to, to prolong this thing even further? Because at the end of the day, like this right here, this um, COVID-19 and this 2020, like this is going to be the biggest stain on your presidency. And you just, you know, you're basically not doing anything to like mitigate that. Okay, yeah. So it was only a 15 minute speech. So usually his rallies would be like over an hour. Uh, but also maybe that's because he's a little feeling a little wheezy, feeling a little weak. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's saying that uh, the you know the coronavirus is going to disappear. It's disappearing. You know, that's what he was saying. Uh, and then he addressed a black Latino American saying that uh, the trust uh, Biden is not going to help you. Uh, he's he's betrayed you. That's what he was saying. Uh, he's betrayed black and Latino Americans. If you think he can uh, run this country, you're wrong. And he said, trust law enforcement. They're here to help. That's what he said. And then he said, uh, this is the single most important election in our history. Get out and vote. And then he ended with, I love you, which is like a weird thing to say. <laughs> I love you. What is he, a freaking cult leader? Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. So then the rest of it uh, that I'm reading is just about Dr. Fauci and he's saying what to do. So yeah, so Monday he goes back, Trump goes back into, uh, he's going to Florida. Yeah, okay. So he's traveling now. Okay. Um, okay, so he was at Walter Reed Medical Center from Thursday to Monday last week. So this is a thing, like I didn't realize it at the time. So he rode around in the SUV for about two blocks because obviously his idiot supporters are gonna, you know, gather and also put themselves at risk of like contracting COVID by, you know, being you know, gathering up and not wearing masks and, and stuff like that and, and distancing themselves. So he went out and did that, right? And I thought, like, he was leaving the hospital to go back to the White House, and it's not. He, like, left the hospital to do that, you know, basically putting the driver, the, the Secret Service agents, all of those people at risk, and then returning back to the hospital. So it really was just, like, uh, a publicity stunt, a publicity stunt from the president of the United States. Just think about that for a second. Wow, like he, like wow, I'm surprised he did that. Oh wait, he did that during the riot, the protest slash riot in D.C. back in June. Remember, he uh, the next morning they shot tear gas so he could take a photo in front of the church. You remember that? Yeah. And that put everyone at risk, just not even with a infectious disease, but with tear gas and possible shots being fired. 
So, yeah, publicly. It's a publicity stunt. That's all he is. Yeah, and he's like downplaying. He's downplaying the virus. Um, even though you could, I mean, a lot of people are not like people are talking about the breathing. Yes, obviously, it sounds like he's having a lot of difficulty breathing. Like I'm an asthmatic, and he sounds worse than I do. Like walking up like a flight of stairs. Um, but the thing I saw when he was leaving, when he was in, I can't remember if he was leaving the hospital or he was, um, walking up the, the white house, but like, he like needed the, 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 the rails, like, you know, like an old person when they can't walk or somebody who can't walk, like he need, he, he was like, like leaning on the, on the rails as he was walking. So you could tell like. From what, from your eyes, that he's not like healthy. Like he's making it seem like he's beating the disease, and like you know, it's easy to put him in front of a camera and and like you know, make him look like he's all right for like a minute or two. But um, I don't think he is. Yeah, or maybe I, this is an editorial. Uh, maybe he's usually fueled by something else. Maybe it's something that like perks you up and now you can't take it because he has he has it would conflict with uh this is if this isn't a split screen when we post this um show just did something with his nose and his finger but yeah uh <laughs> I, 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 I totally believe and then start the steroids um also in a way like they they hype you up but then like they, their body your body is all uh it is slow but like your your energy is up in your mind but like you can't like you can't process it that's what i heard yeah um, and then um he was taking something uh, i think it's called like regeneron or something like that and he tried to say like that's the cure and then like the ceo of the company that makes that was like no it is not the cure for covid <laughs> like <laughs> um, yeah um yeah so also this event um you know they're all about like freedom mm-hmm. like the liberty it's like don't force me to wear a mask and all the attendees in the letter, they were saying, you're going to be given, or they were told in the morning, you're going to be given this um, the T-shirt to wear, the Blexit T-shirt. Uh, you have to wear it. It's like mandatory. So it's like ironic that like, you know, uh, yeah, it's, a black, it's, it's like 8% of the polling. They're saying that they're voting, 8% of black and Latino people polled are like pro-Trump. So basically that's like the 8% of Blexit. It's like leave the Democratic Party or the left. But yeah. It's just funny that they're forcing people to wear the shirt. Um, no exception. And then, like he um, I did the um the campaign or um what is it the the campaign committee or whatever like the the people who govern over like the debates, like they announced they were gonna do a virtual um debate for the second round, obviously because you know this guy has COVID. And he's like refusing to do a debate unless it's in person. And it's like he's still like to this day, he's not wearing a mask and he's not um he hasn't tested negative from it yet. All it's saying is like he's doing better, he's doing it better, he's doing better, but like he's it's not like he's like past like um the testing for COVID. Like he still has it and he's still trying to like debate in person. Joel, uh, Trump yeah. keeps recently taking off the mask and using it as a prop. Uh, you know, how does that make you feel? Uh, that is just ignorance. Like, this man is 
you know, the president, commander-in-chief, and he's just asking for attention. He's like a child. He just wants attention from somebody. He wants to be seen. He wants to be heard. He just wants attention. And this is just annoying because, like, I, honestly, even if he did catch it, like, I don't believe he did at all. And this is all, like, you, like, you know, a publicity stunt. But let's just say he did because, obviously, he, he caught something. Like, he doesn't look good. Like, you could tell... You could try to hide it as much as you can, but he caught something. Was it COVID? Who knows? He caught something because he visibly looked sick. And like Shug mentioned, it, it just looked like he needed support, like walking at all times. Like, you know what I mean? That's what it looked like. So whatever it is he caught is like, you know, hopefully, like I said, I don't wish death on anybody, but like whatever he caught, like good for you, Trump. That's just the bottom line. And I said, um, the whole thing is just for attention, I feel. Like, he just wants attention. From day one, the man has always wanted attention. He wants just, he's a big baby when he doesn't get it either. So it's almost like if he doesn't get the attention, he's just going to keep doing more outrageous things just for that attention. And once he gets it, it's like, oh, all right, I told you so, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's like no winning with this man. So it's like the best you could do is just hope again in this election that choosing you know the lesser two evils again like i said the best thing is i wish i hope i know and i know everyone else hopes is just make up for your mistakes that's just the bottom line and i also heard like trump tweeted out like we're a, a, another stimulus package so i guess that's kind of like his way of saying oh yeah money's coming out vote for me in a way too like and i'm pretty sure there's going to be people who vote for him just because of that but at the same time, like I said, the lesser of two evils is like, well, Biden isn't offering anybody money, but I guess that he, you know, he has his own history. Yeah. Right, I'm glad you brought that up, the stimulus thing, because I was reading about it this morning as well. But first off, uh, yeah, with the publicity stunt, if by a third party they tested him and it said like 100% cured, you don't think he'd come out there and hold it up and like, you know, he would do the whole thing, like show it off. He's being iffy. He's saying uh, they're saying it's very low. The numbers are very low, if not zero. Well, he's being very like on the fence. Uh, but yeah, so with the stimulus thing, um, he earlier in the week, Trump said uh, he would like he wanted them to vote no on it in the Senate. And then two days ago or yesterday, he, he approved of the go ahead to uh, basically almost get to where the Democrats wanted. It was like four billion, four trillion they wanted. But then he said two point eight. Mm-hmm. Or someone that is something around that. Uh, so he's like in the middle again with that. And he it's like for the election, of course. Like he's trying to sway people that are apparently on the fence or just the newest thing in the news is what only then they really can like register. Uh, yeah, so they want to go back to the 600 a month with unemployment. Uh, and then another type of package for like small businesses. Uh, but that's not Biden, that's Pelosi. So, but you can say they're together. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I want to go back to like what Joel said about him. Like, you know, because I've heard that a lot. Like, it's it's a hoax. Like, it could possibly be a hoax because you could easily be like, oh, I got COVID and then not have it. And then three days later, be like, oh, like, I don't, I don't, I, like, I'm cured. I passed it. Da, 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 da. It's not as deadly as it seems. But, which is a valid, like, um, theory, but. To me, I, I feel like why wait so late in this thing to like do it? 
like if he would have did something like that, like he would have did it in like June or like July or something like that, not like two weeks before the election. Or Easter. Remember it was all being done by Easter? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's all the one too. Like, oh I got it. Da-da-da. Like but you well, know he made it possible for three days. He made that clear. Husband for three days, Easter. Anyway, but uh I think they took advantage of someone having it mm-hmm. and they exploited it by saying that everyone had it. It was like a blanket thing. And they were just exploiting it like a propaganda thing. Right. But I, I'm uh, jaded with this. I don't really trust anything, really. But, uh, like, like, even I remember when Obama was up for, like, you know, re-election, his re-election, and the whole thing with Osama happening. This is, like, I guy draw comparisons to that, honestly. It's like, why is it that on an election year, president does this out, like, oh, I got a cure or something or whatever. You know, they have this plan. They execute the plan on an election year. And then, you know, they win again. And it's almost like, this is how I see that. It's almost like history repeating itself. Every single president, you know, when they're about to be reelected, they just do something off blue that everybody likes, everybody enjoys, or the majority enjoys, and they're president again. That's just the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with um, Bin Laden, they were saying like, "Oh, they had like they why couldn't they do it like any other time? They knew where he was." That's what they were saying. Um, yeah, Lord, and he was already dead before that. Like that's what I personally believe. But you know, that's for it is what it is on that. But like, yeah, like it's just at the end of the day, it's almost like you're giving us the same thing over and over again every single year, or every so- single election year, you're giving us the same thing. Yeah, they uh, they call it the October like surprise. <laughs> uh, that's the buzzword that they keep bringing up. I think uh, 2016 was at uh, the emails. Um, 2012 was uh, oh 2012 was Mitt Romney. Someone recorded him like talking shit about like 90 the 99 percent. You know, one percent, yeah. 99. That was a big deal. Yeah. Like Mitt Romney, like he had that. You remember he had that meme where like uh, like he bit his lip. Like, you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, he was like shitting on like blue collar and like, working class and like middle class people and upper middle class. And it's ironic that now he's like favored by like people that are like center and left, which is crazy how much Trump like shifted all this stuff. Cause he was like, everyone hated the Fromme and Bush. They hated him. Now they're like welcomed. It's like crazy. Everything changed. Yeah. Like the last thing I'm going to say, cause um, you guys um, talked about it a little bit, like with the stimulus. Like, I found it crazy that he was um, basically going to say, like, all right, like, he's going to push back the les- legislation for um, COVID relief until after election, you know, which sounds vague. But if you think about it, it's either, like, a ploy to either reelect him. Um, and if he's elected, like, he's, you know giving you the guys that he's working on it and if he's not re-elected then obviously Biden can't do anything until he's inaugurated so what you're looking at is like you know if you're you're unemployed or you have a business that's been closed and just overall like the country in general is like struggling economically like he's basically holding the country hostage and that's what I got from it and it's, it's wild. That's like the first thing that um, 
he does out of the hospital it's like where's like the empathy like you've gotten the disease now you know what it does to you and it does to your body and you can understand why people are so scared especially when you know it had that book with um uh bill, bill bob woodward yeah, 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 yeah. In February, right? Where, where it's basically revealed, like he knew the dangers of of this, and he kind of downplayed it just for his own, just to save his ass. Yeah, uh, that was the journalist or the reporter involved with Watergate, too, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, so also with that, the Senate is Republican for the next four years because it's like twenty twenty two, no, two years you know, 2018 to 2022 is like the midterm relations. So he's basically saying like, you vote for me or Biden, if he takes office, um, the Senate isn't going to do anything that that Biden wants. Same thing they did with Obama, where Obama didn't have, he didn't have all the houses. He didn't have the Senate and everything until like, I think 2012 or something. So like the first four years was all about uh, the Tea Party and saying that he's not even American and everything he tried to pass just got shitted on. Um, so maybe they're like it's a threat yeah it's a threat it's politics you know it's always you know it's politics we'll end on that yeah politics is a bitch all right so we were talking about trump and his uh, condition and uh whether or not we were going to have another uh presidential debate but in the meantime we had uh the vice presidential debate this week on tuesday between vice president mike pence and uh, vice, pres- vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris uh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, the moderator was uh, Susan Page of the USA Today, which is regarded as like middle of America or middle America, um, you know, like centric, leaning, not leaning left or right, just very, very, you know, USA Today, you always picture it like it's like front page news, it's just like very mainstream. So she was a moderator and, um, well, we got to be a fly on the wall for the debate. That's the first takeaway we got from it was that a, a fly landed on my head. <laughs> so that's the first thing I saw. I was and, it, and, it, and it stayed there. Uh, like, I, I, I didn't watch it live because it was during um the playoff game, of course. And, like, I watched it the next day and I had to see it to believe it. And it really was, like, on him for, like, a while. And... Like it's funny because the the like the men what what he said while it like landed on him was basically that like systematic racism doesn't exist. So it was like while he was speaking bullshit, like a shit fly actually landed on him. That would have been a perfect opportunity to do like a, a silly sketch where like it's like a shit lands on him and it's like, what did, what did he just say? He did a whole riff on that. Uh, but yeah, so what, what basically you can get away, from, you can take away from uh, the debate is that like the virus, the coronavirus is prominent. It's up, it's in the foreground. They were 12 feet apart. Uh, same like the other uh, presidential debate. And Harris would bring that up a lot. That was her retort. And she would uh, argue that they, the, the administration's handling of the coronavirus has led to where we are today. But then Pence's uh, deflection or just his argument was that Biden and Harris are 
crazy left liberals that are going to destroy America. Um, yeah, so well, apparently, I read it though. I didn't like watch it, but it actually was a debate compared to Trump and Biden who were just like talking over each other and like, come on, man. Like they were, yeah, they were actually day, day and night. Yeah, they were back and forth, but they're also saying that the questions that were being asked by the moderator were like disregarded or just like touched on and then they went off on a tangent on something else, but it was still back and forth. It wasn't just like Wallace and they're just like kind of corral them and be like, come on guys, relax. And then it was like a bar fight, you know, like two big, big old dudes uh, at a bar or whatever. Um, yeah. So Pence kept using like, uh, you should have mentioned the word dog whistle, right? Yeah. Last week. So like, it's kind of like words that it's like, uh, not direct mentioning something. You just like allude to it. And then people that are already in on it, they'll like get what you're saying. So he was doing a lot of that stuff with like extremism and like left socialism. That was like their plan before it was even Harrison Biden. It was all supposed to be scaring their uh, their followers like that these people are socialists evil uh and he said in his way that's very you know he tries to be very oh gee shucks look look, look all oh, gee you know pence uh yeah i mean that's really much if this is the last debate um if we don't get one virtual or in person from trump and biden uh what do you think of most of americans are got from this Chug, chug. What they got from it? Yeah, because I know um, less informed people like from face value. Because I know obviously the fly was like the biggest thing that came out of it. But you're you you know a lot more. So what's your takeaway of it? And you think this influenced anyone? Yes or no? Like in any different direction? Um. Well, like the thing I've gotten from um this debate and the last debate from Trump and Pence is i don't know if you like notice they they rarely talk about like the republican party there is more about them 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 and then when they talk about like the democrats it's always like a lot of like um incendiary like turn like like talk like a lot of like vilifying them and stuff like that so for me you know obviously I'm i'm a democrat but before 2016, I was like a left-leaning moderate, if I had to describe myself. Um, and I feel like over the last four years, Republicans and conservatives have basically like drawn a definitive line in the sand. And it's basically like, if you're not on this, you're not with us, like you're the enemy and you're trying to destroy America, basically. So my question is for like, Cause, cause these let's let's be honest with, with with everyone, these debates aren't to convince like a Democrat to become a Republican or a Republican to become Demo- Democrat. These are to find the people in the middle, the undecided voters, to to basically get them to choose your side. Um, in in this thing, so I'm trying to figure out if like, you know, I'm a independent you know, listening to um, both of them speak, like Mike Pence and, and Trump, like how does this strategy of vilifying anyone who's not with your 
values because a lot of times like the undecided people would basically like listen there's some things that you guys do that i like and there's some things that these guys do that i like it's just like i'm trying to figure out who's going to be the most cooperative and i find that like with biden and pence going back to obama and i'd even go far back to like bush and Kerry. like when you heard them speak like they talked about you know, working with the other side, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's not a country full of Democrats, it's not a country full of Republicans, so you can't be trying to do things, like, one way, that's just, like, authoritative, like, that's, that's a, a dictatorship, and this is a, dem- you know, this country is a democracy, it's, it's the people, the people are supposed to be, um, in power, and it should be, um for everybody so i'm trying to figure out why this strategy like how does this strategy work with like the moderates or like you know the undecided voters i mean it worked in 2016 because you know trump was like this you know non-government non-political um personality that just jumped in and a lot of people um who are on the fence um as opposed to like Hillary saw him as like, okay, this is something new. This could take us in a direction. Cause now like one of us is running for president, but now that four years, both of them have been, you know, yeah, Trump has been in government. It has been the president. Pence has been his vice president. Like, what are you going to do for the next four years? And with both, debates pence and trump like all they did was talk about the last four years which i don't think is like a good strategy when like your last year this year is probably like the worst year of um your your administration and they've not talked about what they're gonna do going forward like they're not giving you a reason to give them four more years if you know you we're thinking about doing it. That's that's what I, I take from the debate, or what I think America got from it. Joel, hey, like just like Shaq, I didn't watch the debate. Like I know I said after our last episode that I was gonna try to watch it, but like you know, unfortunately, it landed on the same playoff, you know, playoff game. But just like everyone else, I, I went on social media. The first thing I see is a fly on Penn side that like at first I thought it was photoshopped. I didn't even know it actually happened live. So I thought they just photoshopped it, you know, but it actually happened. So I'm watching the, you know, clips of it like, all right. So what else happened? Because all I'm seeing is a fly on this man's head. And I see a lot of faces Kamala Harris made because she made a lot of faces. And that's all I, you know, got from the debate that Biden, not Biden, um, that Pence had a fly on his head and Kamala Harris can make faces. But I don't know what they said. The only thing, you know, was I, when they showed the clip of when the fly landed on Pence's head and, you know, he was speaking about racism and then it landed right on him. That's the, really the only thing I know that came out his mouth. And it would, I wouldn't have known if it wasn't for, first of all, knowing that a fly landed on his head. Like I said, I don't know what Kamala said at all. Not one word. 
matter of fact, I do. Like, but it wasn't anything political. It was just like her being snappy. So her being snappy and making faces is what I got out of that. Yeah. So I asked, basically, I should like, what do you think, like, average Americans would get from these, a takeaway from this, and would influence them one way or another? Uh, I also read a lot of articles with not average Americans, people in media, in the news. And I, I read an article which was like straight up um, like breaking down like every second of it. And we talk about race and we talk about gender a lot here. They were saying that uh, Mike Pence had 38 minutes to talk and she had like a little more than 35. And they were saying that's like, that played a role. I mean, that's like, is that splitting hairs or? Because in 2016, the guy Tim Kaine who was running with Clinton interrupted Mike Pence way more and Pence did that whole like oh geez shucks look at like he did the face faces like looking at the camera like oh look at this Tim Kaine guy that was nut but this time it kind of was flipped where Harris was uh kind of not goading but like encouraging him to like talk so then she could like play to the camera um because again like all you see is like the aftermath is like the memes and the headlines of her being interrupted and it makes him look bad so it's not really a question. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, like that was premeditated. Premeditated to have like, oh, he's interrupting me again. He's interrupting me again. Like, I can't have the time to talk. And then like, she made a big thing out of it saying, finally, can I say something? And like, you're just like an asshole. Yeah, right. like, I don't want to sound the whole thing with like, like why, like a lot of people are saying like, she had to kind of like subdue herself to not come off as like an angry black woman. And I'm still like, even back with Hillary, I mean, obviously Hillary's white, but this idea, like women, like if you're in, if you're in, um, in a public space, like you have to like, you, you can't like defend, you can't like really like stand up for yourself or you can't be assertive. And, you know, a lot of people were like holding out against her and I didn't understand that at all. Or why, why is that? Cause at the end of the day, they're politicians. Like, you know, they 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 they're lawmakers. So, you know, she has to to have like a personality. Like, she can't be, um, you know, timid and and stuff like that. But I think like another thing I got from Pence was like, and like you touched on it when you said like they he didn't really like or the questions weren't really answered a lot on 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 it i feel like when he did answer like he he, he, you could tell like he was like rehearsed like he had a script or he had a script that he was gonna stick to and i think like he he stuck to that script so he used his two minutes to not even answer the question but to have a very um uh, like a very rehearsed answer go over that time so it's kind of hard to to follow and like you know obviously trump's like this in enthusiastic boisterous like personality and pence is like the opposite of that so for him to just be so like boring like i really because you know to do this show i'm gonna have to like watch him even though i don't really care about what he says but it was hard to follow because he was just so like boring and like rehearsed and stoic and like you know I I found myself like tuning out and it was a lot of times like I almost tuned out on Kamala too because like I was already zoned out listening to Pence so by the time she responded I didn't even know what the hell 
you know, the question was. I didn't know what she was responding to. So I don't, like, the reason I say all of that is, like, I'm trying to figure out if that worked in his favor or it may not have. Because I know if I felt that, I couldn't have been, like, the only one that felt the same way while listening to him speak. You mean basically, basically it could have been, like, the, it could have been, like, a, uh, a strategy to, basically the word, you know, the gaslighting, where, like, she's going to talk, and this is what really is going on, and then we'll just have to deal with her talking, and then I'm just going to keep talking. I'm not even going to, I'm going to disregard what she said. I'm going to talk to you. Um, maybe something like that. Um, that strategy. I think the, and then I think the Democrat strategy was to kind of play off that maybe too, but they're speaking to their own audiences. They're not talking to someone in the, in the middle, I believe. Um, and we talked about like, how can you change this? Like the candidates are going to do what they're going to do. Uh, now people are arguing that to resolve the more chaotic moments is to have the moderators ha- grab more control of the situation and the people that organize it. And I'm reading an article from the BBC and what they're saying that that should be in- implemented is straight up one of our favorite shows growing up around the horn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where they're literally saying, well, you need a mute button and the camera needs to be, you know, block them. And then we'll talk. Somebody else will be able to talk, but mute them. And they'll, they'll get, be given a penalty for each time they, you know, they uh, disregard the protocol. I think that works. I think a lot of us need mute buttons. I, I could see that, but at the same time, I could all already see, like, one side being like, oh, like, I was muted more than the other side, and oh, it was unfair, and blah, 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 and, and stuff like that. So I, I could see that being a reason why not. I know, but it's just like it's a world where, like, it's turning more and more into, like, a TV, it's a TV show, you know? But that all started back in 19, what, 59 or 60, the election between Nixon and Kennedy, yeah, where apparently... It was televised one. Yeah, so Nixon on the radio was like killing it. Everyone was out. Oh, Nixon, he's gonna win. He's killing it on the radio. And then when the TV one happened, Nixon was like sweating. I mean, he was like profusely sweating, and he was like uh, not looking, not not making eye contact. And Kennedy was like a stoic. You know, he was just like a good-looking man. You know. Um, so yeah, we live in obviously we live in a media-driven uh, social media runs everything. Um, so how, how we find out things, obviously. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think you just have to keep staying. If you want to have all the facts, stay informed. You have to also check out uh, people you disagree with because that's also going to be uh, uh, opinion-based. If you take opinion-based from one side, opinion-based from another side, straight facts too, and just try to mix them together and you get a better better view of what the hell's going on. But yeah, so I feel. Hopefully there's another debate. I just want to see what the hell's going on. I just want more things to happen, just figure out what the hell, you know. Am I wrong to think that I just want more stuff just just to happen? I mean, yeah. Well, things things do happen. That's the one thing you can count count on on happening during these um campaigns and these elections, like so it'd be interesting to see, like, will Trump not still not um because that's what a lot of people were saying after the first debate that, like, Biden should not even want to, like, do any more debates with him. But now that has gotten COVID and Biden, I mean, not Biden, but, but well, obviously Biden and the committee would prefer, prefer to have an election virtually, I mean, a debate virtually, and Trump doesn't. 
So I don't know if like Biden would try to like play that in his favor because that's what I said when a lot of people suggested Biden not have a second debate after the first debate. I was like, you know, Trump could play that in his favor. Like, oh, he's running away. He's running scared. He knows he can't beat me. Da, 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 da. Would Biden do the same thing? Be like, oh, like, listen, this guy has a disease and, you know, you know, he has this um, disease that's plaguing America and the world. And he's expecting me to step in a room with him while he has it. Um, he doesn't, you know, say like, oh, he doesn't even want to debate. He wants chemical warfare, like something like that. Is it, yeah, chem- I mean, is it chemical war- warfare or by what, what is it? For what? Like when you try to get the other side like sick. Oh yeah, uh, bioterrorism, bio warfare. Yeah, there you go. Or you could be chemical. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah. Um, everyone was saying that like a few months ago that Trump is dying. From, well, I'm not sure that he's dying. Like, I don't want to get banned from Twitter. No, Trump is dying uh, for debates because that's what his like bread and butter is to attack someone and just like break you down, make you look bad. Even though you could be in the right, but he'll just make you look like an idiot just by the way of his words. You know, he's 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 got the silver tongue. What about the part when they asked him about climate change? And the first thing he said was like, well, climate, it's 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 changing. <laughs> like it's all the it's all the like me in school on a group project, on a group presentation I did no work on. <laughs> it's like all right, five hundred words, write about this, and then like you repeat the question, you just take out the question mark, you just repeat it, and in closing, the climate does change. But it also stays the same. We don't know if it's going to change. It may change. It may change better. It could be better. It could change better. Yeah. We don't know yet. People are saying it might change good, but it could be bad. Uh, then uh, I think definitively Trump is all about rallies. That's that's what he thrives on. And the threat of not being able to do it is like the worst thing to Trump right now. Like if he can't get out there. Like on Monday, I don't know where this event's going to take place, the Florida one. Um, that's what he needs. But listen, um, but listen, let me tell you the truth about like climate change. And I, I want to make sure everybody's listening when I, when I say this, right? When it comes to climate change, like really and truly, I'm going to just let you guys know right now we don't care. <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't care because I really don't know what I could do about it. But if a lot of people, like, I, I was trying to do that whole Stephen A, I would tell you right now, we don't care. But with climate change, there's a lot of people that are way smarter than me that get paid a lot more money to do like a ton of research. That I say that's something you should be very concerned about. So, um, it, it, like I'll, I'll go with science and I think that's another thing that like Kamala and Biden talk about is just like the ignorance towards like the scientific and the medical field that you know um, Pence and Trump have like Trump doesn't have any like degrees or any masters or any doctorates so for him to be like oh they're wrong and just ride on it is just inc- incredible to me as far as climate change go but what about like packing the court? They they brought that up a lot. How how y'all y'all feel about that? What was the question? Packing the court. They um talked about packing the um if 
if they confirm this um new yeah, um Amy, Amy um Conway, is that her name? Amy Barrett something something. Either way, she's the the new the the nominee for the Supreme Court. If like she's confirmed and Biden wins, like they're gonna hire more Supreme Court seats, whatever, whatever. So like that was like Biden's. Or, I mean not Biden. That was Pence's like um the um his his attack on on Kamala and you know Biden said like you know he's not gonna answer that question during the presidential debate and Kamala she didn't answer it really she said it wasn't important but she did state that you know in the civic court or the court of appeals like they Trump has confirmed like 50 judges and all of them are basically like white men so it's not like um very representative of the country and that's like a lower court that people really don't know about and these are like lifetime positions so she said that you know was a a bit more important when you're talking about packing a court because like supreme court like cases gotta go through so many different loops before you get yeah before you even get to like the supreme court but like court of appeals, that's more like on the ground level and something that everyday people would probably could possibly deal with if they get into like you know that type of, so, of business. So Trump's nominee is pretty much like a show. Is that what you're implying? Like it's not really a representative of like everything else he's, that's going on in the uh, legislative or no judicial branch. Um. But yeah, I mean, right now there's eight because there was nine, right, in the Supreme Court. Now there's yeah. eight, and then we fill the ninth spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, of course, same with the president. Like a lot of the stuff with like local, you start from like the foundation, and that's more impactful in your life. And then we just see more of like the national scene. Uh. But yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't hear about that. Uh, and she, you know, Harris is from. She's a DA, right? Of California? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll trust them with the judicial. And she, um, and she also said during the during it too, like when um every time like Pence talked about like, you know, them being like anti law enforcement. And you know, I've said it on here when we talked about Kamala, like I'm not a fan of her because, you know, she's put black people in jail. She was a the attorney general and she was a prosecutor this on a third but in watching our debate i could see why that's beneficial to her because you know in the he he said that or a lot of his law anti-law enforcement stuff was just like towards kamala in relation to um you know the the protests and some would call it riots you know which is like you know they're they're um their predictable um point um but when he attacked her like she t- they 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 talk about you know them being you know anarchists and the sign the third and like Kamala like responded to that or rebutted that and was like listen for one I'm black for two I was like the highest ranking law official in the state of California so you can't tell me I'm anti law enforcement buddy and I, it, he was kind of like stuck in his tracks, and then you know he kind of like repeated himself. 
and really didn't have like a defense for that, for for that. Well, they, they the strategies they're trying to take back the law and order. Uh, you know, the Trump always says law and order. They're trying to take it back and say like, um, you know, she they're they're with the law enforcement. They're trying to like pat you know garner that. That's that's what I was reading recently. Uh, and then she like also a, talked about like all the stuff she like prosecuted to like child trafficking, murder, drugs, all of that stuff. So she was like, "How can you like? I know a lot more about the law than you do." But she was saying, "Mike, sorry." No, I was saying that that's the same thing. Pretty much what I was saying. Where um, Biden in the, his his debate with Trump, he said, "I don't want to defund the police." He, I think, he was implying that re like reissuing funds and reallocating funds in different places like it's not broken it's just no it's not destroyed it's like it's broken mm-hmm. it's fixable it's fixable which is a centric it's a centric idea where like uh trump and like the writer are saying it's perfect the way it is you're trying to change something that's perfect already left is saying it's completely dead uh, you gotta start from the ground up and pretty much biden and kamala or kamala are uh saying it's like workable or fixable which is which goes against the whole a lot of the uh, protests slash riots we're implying or trying to trying to say so, so speaking of on that um so kamala brought up like um trump's refusal to denounce the white supremacy so she also brought up his comment not only his comments in the um, presidential debate, but also Charlottesville, and you know where they said like anti-Semitic stuff, um, racist stuff. So Pence, in response to that, was like, you know, because Kushner is Jewish, so he's he's like, oh well, Trump has Jewish grandchildren, so this is disrespectful. And I'm like, if anything, you just made like the case as to why he him saying there were like very fine people on both sides, even worse. Because you're basically saying there's fine people as saying that Jews won't replace us, and he has Jewish grandkids. So, yeah. wh- which one is it? I mean, we bringing up uh, Charlottesville, and we're bringing up uh, white supremacy, and we're bringing up extreme groups. Uh, something else happened this week that we're going to touch upon. And uh, any other thoughts on the debate? I got a question, guys. Yeah. You know, I'm not the political one. Who was Hillary's vice president when she was running? Like, who was? Tim Kaine. Yeah, Tim Kaine of uh, uh, Virginia. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to say something about it. Yeah, because I, I, cause I already know, like I said, Trump and Pence, we already know their history. Like, we already know about them. And now we have Biden know his history. Kamala know her history. We knew Hillary's history. Like, I don't know nothing about Tim Kaine, so like, but I'm willing to assume he wasn't, you know, no angel. Not that anybody yeah, but, is. I mean, I'm not, just saying. Not that he, he was, was filler. He shouldn't have been there. Yeah, that's that's uh, what he was, that's he was what like I want. He's a straight white guy, you know. That's what I wanted to talk about because after the the thing, because they talked about a lot on it about like um transparency and you know the president's like medical records especially the fact that biden's gonna be 78 if he gets elected trump's gonna be 74 so they're both up there in age so something i was brought up afterwards was you know 
how presidential they looked or could you see them as president because it's a you know it's a distinct possibility that you know they'd have to to take office and I think like Kamala did I'm and it's something I didn't think about in 2016 and when I look at Tim Kaine like Tim Kaine is like a cool dude but I didn't see him as presidential like um Mike said like he was kind of like filler I think like you know, Hillary's like this big bad like villain, and then she was he was basically kind of there to 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 um kind of counterbalance that in the same way like Trump's like this wild card, and Pence kind of like the establishment like conservative GOP dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the safe bet, and like the kind of like watering down something that seems very very. Um new and like hard to digest uh yeah but tim tim kane um he was kind of like that guy joel you know like you see like, a guy campaigning and it's always a guy and they roll up their sleeves and they had to take their tie off like, they're wearing a suit and then they take it off and they're like i'm like you guys and then they're like that type of guy they're, they're trying to fit in type of dude yeah that vibe it's that's like kind of a standard thing uh you see around uh like governors they're like talk to the people like that's like their their vibe he, he had the smile. He was that type of guy. Um, uh, yeah, he was the governor of Virginia. Virginia is also, you know, it's like right there in D.C., so he's very, very familiar. Uh, and I think I mentioned this on other episodes where um, I think if they went with Biden and Hillary as vice, like, she would they would have won. Mm-hmm. She just would have had to just wait. Because, you know, the Democrats have since, I guess, since Clinton... Republicans since Reagan, they have like a secession plan. Like the next person is going to take over. The next person is going to take over. You know, even with uh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, 2004. Kerry. Um, John Kerry. He was part of that plan too. Yeah. That was more of like a Democrat CIA thing, and then like. But um. So this just but remember, Biden, Biden didn't want to run because, or he 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 was still mourning um his son Bo's death, and that's and why he didn't run in sixteen. Yeah, I mean it was understandable. Like he they did everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also they were like they were running uh their favor with like the Democratic Party was they were like their time was coming up because they had to do a lot of concessions to appeal to uh, like right conservative people so like they were like center turning center like right at at some points with like the military so, so. We'll we got 25 25 days to all election i believe 24 yep vote 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 all right also this week uh, another news item that popped up i wasn't aware of it until uh, actually more recently uh there was a abduction slash kidnapping attempt thwarted by the FBI. Uh, it was a militia group that were reportedly uh, plotting to kidnap the governor of Michigan. So when I heard about that, I jumped in because um, there's like a piece of history in American history that um, hasn't been forgotten, but it was like that hasn't really been brought up uh, lately. But in the 80s and 90s, uh, with like white supremacy and also just extreme groups, domestic uh, terrorism and domestic groups, they were all about militias and anti-government and um, conspiracy theory uh, individuals. We've seen that more lately, like on the internet, 
like with the 4chan and like a, a Q, whatever the, the, the Q thing, like it's all like, like virtual. But back then they were like literally like stocking up arms and they were um, making plans to carry out uh, violence and create chaos. So this, this I read about, it was a Wolverine watchman in Michigan. And apparently they were spotted, individuals that were eventually arrested were spotted back in April at a anti, uh, well, at a, at, a, at a rally to um, belittle or go against the coronavirus uh, government policies that they're saying they're, it's, it's unconstitutional. Uh, it's un-American for us to be forced to not work, not to wear the mask. So they were spotted then. And I'm, I'm assuming since that they were being surveilled. So Shug, when uh, with more of the facts coming out, uh, how do you feel when you f- first heard about this? Because this is kind of a wild, uh, wild story. Yeah. So there was a point in the beginning of um, the pandemic. Is that's the crazy part in the very beginning? So this is month number seven of being in in um the pandemic, right? So in April, in, in March, April, and May, like you'd have all of these, um, they call it protests, where they'd go to like the, the government buildings, like the capitals and, and stuff like that in different states. And it, these guys would be like armed to the teeth. And it was basically fighting um, the, the mandates and stuff like this, basically just to like, you, you know, stuff basically to keep everyone safe. And, you know, people felt that they were being oppressed. And, you know, the cops and stuff like that, if you've seen, like, they weren't even, like, engaging them. They, um, you know, mind you, when you see, like, the Black Lives Matter protests, like, these cops, they come through, like, armed to the teeth um, with all their armor on and their tanks and stuff like that. And, like, all people basically bring to like Black Lives Matter rallies are like signs and water and like hand sanitizers. Like that's it. But these people full on had like guns upon like guns upon guns upon guns. And, you know, police was just like, hey, guys, like, you know, just keep it peaceful. Blah, 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 blah. So I say that because the one in Michigan that took place at that state capitol they were actually like asking for the head of the governor on um, Gretchen on um, Whitmer. Um, they wanted to like decapitate her or they, they, um, or that, that's the idea that was being um, passed. And Trump actually tweeted out like liberate Michigan. And he, it was very like anti, um, Gretchen Whitmer, like this is coming from the president, you know, the president, he basically all he does is like rally these guys up, like rally them up. So, yeah, it was an illusion. It was an illusion to tyranny, like with the French Revolution, I'm assuming, right? right? Something like that. Like, give us the head, you know, with the, yeah. Yeah. And they, um, they, um, uh, it was supposed to take place at her and her husband's cabin, right? The, the kidnapping. Yeah, in the uh, vacation home. Exactly. Um, Lansing, I believe. Lansing, Michigan. Uh, Lake, Lake Michigan area, I believe. Yeah, and she um 
the it, it was the FBI that that thwarted this, and the FBI has been saying, and it's like obviously falling on deaf ears that like you know white nationalists, um terrorist groups are like the biggest like terrorist threat in the country, but you know that that that's obviously not, you know, that's not gonna gain steam with you know conservatives and the president and and the right so you know the, the a situation like this like what do you what do you call that like could you imagine and a lot of people said this is like could you imagine if like it came out that like the fbi thwarted like black uh the black lives matter um organization attempt to like um kidnap like let's say the governor like texas or something like that like what the what what the response to that would be yeah i was gonna i was thinking about this while we were talking um that like if you just just give the facts and just like where they met um if you just use the words uh born like born here like just like just vague things you might think it was like a uh which was a big thing in the last 20 years like uh uh muslim extremists uh and then now you can bring up how it's, it's going on with like a a BLM uh, or Antifa, like you could just if you give the facts, you don't say who who it was. Uh, so your mind could just go different ways. Like you can be like, oh, was this a like the Antifa thing or whatever, you know? Which is interesting because it's, I don't yeah. yeah. And, then, and then they try to like humanize them too, because I got into it with um this guy um on Twitter yesterday. Uh, he posted a picture of like the house they lived in, and it's got like obviously a um Confederate and an American flag. Actually, it's um it's one of those um Proud Boy. Fl- it's not even an American flag. It's one of those um the white nationalist flag, you know, with the thirteen stars and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a really like dirty and like dingy home. So this is what he tweeted. He said. This is the home of Joseph Morrison, one of the Michigan men recently arrested for his plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Can we acknowledge that maybe economic circumstances played a role in radicalizing people? So I said in response, I was like, people, I was like, listen, people don't have this kind of energy for kids from war-torn places in like the Middle East that grow up to become um, Al-Qaeda and ISIS. People don't have that type of energy for black or Hispanic kids that grow up to be um, gangbangers because of like the, you know, poverty they live in and stuff like that. And I just said, you know, complexion for the protection. Um, what was that, Paul, Paul Mooney? Paul Mooney, no relation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, I, I mentioned in, the, in my introduction to this topic that it was a big deal in the 80s and 90s uh it was like religious groups like cults and then also um like david duke with the kkk there was other uh other sects or i don't want to think of the word other groups that were trying to separate the pro-segregation and trying to like become their own state like in the 90s it was also like joked around a lot about and the things i watched like comedy shows they always had a thing where there's people trying to start their own country within like a state like montana and everything Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, then it, we're we're more familiar with it with on the internet. Like you're just saying, you're interacting with someone on the internet about that, and it's this is more brazen. Like where you go to the gun shows and you get the gun. Uh, we've seen it in the summer with uh, 
I don't even want to say that the the seventeen year old who shot uh, the two men during the uh, the protest. Uh, like it was like it was like dormant, I guess, for a while. Um, but the, the beliefs and and like the, the like I said the energy was living, thriving on the internet. And now in the last year, particularly, it's coming out now. It's like now they're plotting something, and they they were trying to do it apparently. No, but I'm yeah, saying the energy, the energy, like keep that keep that same energy. Like to me, like every time, like it's some kind of like white person that does like a murder. Or like this, like try to kidnap a governor or or school shooting this hour whatever. They try to like humanize them, or like they're like, oh, like he was he was a loner and he was this and he finally snapped. And then when it's like a black person that does it, it's like, or a Hispanic person, it's like, oh, they just did it. That's them. Nobody needs to know. Let's let's talk about all the other bad things they've done in their lives, even when they're the victim. And it's just like, you know, like you, you see the difference in it or, or like they, they like, so I, I was offended by that person even posting that or even trying to like put across that idea. Okay. Good point. Um, every article I read was about like telling the guy's backstory. Like, I know the whole backstory right now. just from reading like one article, two articles that they're, that they're proposing. But also with that too, like if something happened with like a 16 year old or a 15 year old, and they end up being black or like Latino or something like that. They say their full name. They say like, uh, they use the word like man or young man, but like it's supposed to be like if it's under an age, you're not supposed to mention who they are. Like it's just kind of like they say the facts. That's just a, that's a separate thing. But also the the ringleader that they're saying was a ringleader. Uh, they're saying that his he broke up with his girlfriend. Uh, I forget his first name, but it's Fox. Last name Adam Fox. The he was living in a storage basement um, that like a buddy worked at or ran called Vac Shack, like a vacuum appliance store. Mm-hmm. He was living in the basement because uh, the owner felt bad because his girlfriend like kicked him out. Um, he was like living on the street. So he had like two dogs with him. So he let him sleep there at night. And apparently they had like meetings there and um the friend was interviewed and he was like, no, I, I didn't know this was going on. I knew he was pro-gun and everything, but I didn't know this was going on. I just felt bad for him. So like the, the sense of showing compassion for someone who could potentially have done something so like horrific and, you know, crazy like this, but that you keep trying to like give him the benefit of doubt. That's a great point that um, I don't think I was really going to uh, resonate with me. Um, but yeah, there was 13 in total. One, one, another one that was that was described. That you used the word you used, uh, humanizing. He said he was a he's a former marine, twenty three, uh, living with his parents, um, doing construction here and there. Uh, he said this might just be something that he told the lawyer to like deflect, but he was like, oh, he was uh, he attended many or a few Black Lives Matter um, protests in June because he was like. Uh, he wasn't happy with the police. Uh, I mean, if that is the case, one of the plots was to home invade police officers' house. I could, I think that maybe it could have been um, just to create chaos, because their their manifesto that they're saying is to create chaos, create civil war, and uh, destroy societal societal collapse. 
but that's, but that's have, what happened. There have been reports of like them having like insurgent or like white extremists like implanting like insurgents into like you know yeah. these protests in order to like um facilitate like you see the you see all of these videos where it's like some random dude some random like white dude just start like um doing like property destruction or like trying to like start fights or fires or stuff like that and yeah, give the other and then, and then the black lives matter protest is like we don't know this person what are they doing so it's easy for when you turn on the news and you you know you don't provide context and you're like oh like that guy oh like see one of the protesters like did that one in reality it's like this dude is not part of the protest he just came here to like you know uh do destruction whether i be in some kind of grand scheme as part of like a white supremacist thing or whether i just be like for the thrill of it exactly so that could be why that person, oh, like he was at a Black Lives Matter protest because he doesn't like police. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it's just like part of like a big old con. Red herring, a red herring, and that's the word is. Yeah, but the CIA, the CIA did it too. Like, with they sent people into the Black Panthers, they sent people into communist groups in the '60s with JFK. Uh, CIA, that's the CIA. CIA did that, and then yeah, infiltrating. That's that's the word I meant to use. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's a common, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the first thing I thought about, like, it was kind of like, I might, again, they say, like, a, a, these these type of militias are very conspiracy theory or whatever. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying from the facts, like, the CIA have done this stuff forever, uh, especially with, in the 60s, it was, like, the Black Panther movement and, like, the, um, just, like, the Civil Rights Movement. They sent people in there just to see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, Wolverine Watchmen, uh, Joel, this sounds like something from like a show or something, right? Like trying to on top of that, like just just the state of Michigan was this like you know, especially the city of Detroit, specifically Detroit, you know, but you know, you hear just nothing but bad things in general, just how you know, obviously it's a great community. You uh some of the best rappers come from there, but like poverty stricken so obviously you have your violence and you know you have you you know regular low income behavior whatever you want to call it but this whole thing right here is in the state of Michigan like it, and the fact that she's a woman and you know that that makes it even worse that you going to try to kidnap a woman and on top of that like yeah you said sugar like Trump as with everything he just seems to not care he seems to be backing up um what he feels to be good people. Like anybody who attempts to kidnap anybody is just not a good person whatsoever. I don't care what their message is or what they're proving. You know, they're just not good people. And again, like, I don't know, like, um, I don't like, I know there's obviously how many people, six? Oh, uh, 13 in total. Six or seven, uh, 13? Yeah, uh, five, no, six. With 13 in total, half of them were federal offenses, which is like life in prison. And then uh, right. the other half were state, where it was like two to 20 year uh, offenses. But it was federal. It was, it was, it was Michigan, and there was a guy in South Carolina. Uh, that's, uh, that's. Yeah, like eight. that's just, 
Probably. That's just like way too many people plotting on something. Like, I don't want to be that conspiracy guy. I don't believe in you know conspiracies, but that just sounds like way too many people. You know, to kidnap a woman, governor. Like, this sounds like if let's just say it would have went through. It's just another story for whatever politician just to look. Um, you know, to have their hand on that. That's just what it seems to me. Like 13 people, like how, first of all, like how even get to that point where they have a plot? Like by the second person we who ever had the plot or had an idea to kidnap a governor, you should have already had the FBI on there. That's just me. Obviously I'm not, I don't know how I will operate that. I'm not in, you know, law enforcement, but I'm just saying like, let me find out I heard like just three people. I'm not gonna let it get up to thirteen on some type of plot. Well, based on uh, yeah, based on a lot of things I've read over the bunch of years, uh, maybe it started in April. Let's. I'm gonna give an example. Maybe in April they're at the, that protest in Michigan State Capitol, and someone else who was maybe a plant. Like it goes both ways. They send people into these groups, these extremist groups. And they got them riled up. I'm like, hey, we, we got a plan. Let, let's do this plan. It's mm-hmm. happening a lot with the Arab Americans, too. Arab Americans. Like in Black, Sky, Black, Black Klansman? Black, oh, there we go. Black Klansman. Hey, Black Klansman is one of the first movies we uh, talked about, right? I remember that back at work. But that was a movie. So, they, so the plot was like something like, well, not the plot, but like I've seen the movie Black Klansman. So uh, they had, for example, like a police officer act like he's part of the actual group like yeah. for example i'm obviously not antifa at all but like i'm whatever some type of police officer and now all of a sudden now i'm in antifa kind of like a spy or something like that yeah like what, what mike is trying to say or is infiltrating like, espionage yeah like what mike is trying to say is like you know they could have the the police could have sent somebody undercover and they kind of got them riled up to do to, to come up with some kind of like scheme because that's what you do because you got to get get them to conspire to do something because that's how you could arrest yeah. them before they actually do something and that that could have been the case we don't know that just yet but the fbi were involved so i assume it was a lot of um investigative work in it but um the thing i said like with trump that was his comments back in March when they were protesting. Now that the FBI thwarted this um kidnapping attempt, you know, obviously he got to tweet out his thoughts. And to me, like the tweet, <laughs> it sounded like he was on the side of the kidnappers. He congratulated the the FBI, and then he went on to like um talk trash about the governor who was about to be kidnapped. So basically, long and short of it, it's like yeah, he was kind of like on the side of the kidnappers, like, leave it to the president of the United States. Um, Wasn't it, like, really, like, his tweets because she wouldn't really, like, open the, the state, the Michigan, because they had their own coronavirus, like, guidelines. Yeah, but that was, yeah, and that was in, like, March. I mean, right. I was in, like, May or April. Like, it was early, in the earlier part of all of this. And then the, the other thing is, when you talk about humanizing them, the sheriff in like the town of like um a couple of the kidnappers like they had an interview I don't know if you came across it Mike on Twitter where he's basically like you know 
Well, they could have been trying to arrest her because, you know, sometimes, like, citizens can arrest, like, a public official, which I don't know how true that is. But the, he, he was, he was, it, it was, it was a, it was a crazy interview done after the fact. Like, I'm going to see if I could get it and send it to you guys for you guys to watch. Like, and they were saying, well, like, that guy, that sheriff should be, like, they should possibly investigate him for probably being a part of it because, We've we've seen these people the same way we talk about law enforcement um infiltrating them, like they have infiltrated law enforcement. That's more than evident. I know you're a James Bond fan, Shug. This is a lot of uh co op co you know, covert op stuff. Uh the guy is supposed to be uh living in a guy's basement mm-hmm. as homeless and he's running uh basic training for a militia. How does he afford that? Maybe there's someone get funneling money. And this is just like a, you know, another the October surprise, which is kind of not getting to the, another distraction. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, you know, who knows, but it's just all crazy stuff. The same way like drugs and guns find them their way into the hood where like, yeah. you know, people don't have either like passports nor like the means to get them. But That's- I mean, the, la- the last thing I want to ask about this, um, or, or Mike, you have something to say? Yeah, I already touched upon it about the 60s, but like even in the 50s, when as soon as like I'll just like specify like the civil rights movement, that's when things started happening where there there were um, like a higher power were like dropping uh, criminal activity in like these areas. We that's like a well-known thing. Like for in the 60s, a lot of that developed, which kind of like created this whole generational situation. And then in the 80s, with the crack and everything, but it was obviously from above. But yes, continue, please. Sorry. Yeah. Um. So the question I want to pose to this and the people listening is: When will the threat of violent white supremacists be deemed universally as terroristic? Because they, you know, a lot of times they use the word militia. A lot of times they just be you know they'll say like angry citizens like these are terrorists like just because they're white and they live like in america if anything not that should be even more scarier than like isis you know what i'm saying like they are actually like living here and plotting and training to kill americans it's not just non-whites they want to kill white people too they clearly tried to kidnap this white woman so i should tell you something yeah, I mean that's why like um, I just call them extreme groups, extremists. Like uh, they yeah, even not, even, the even not Mike. I think no. it's too nice. They're terrorists. <laughs> They're terrorists. That's what I mean. Uh, domestic terrorism, domestic terrorist group. Uh, I think that word has been politicized too because they always they will call them domestic terrorists, and uh, some people would refer to someone as like a freedom fighter or whatever, and then the other thing is terrorist. It always seemed like a far off thing people uh like when they talk about it in the 2000s about like especially with like muslim extremists like it was always a far off thing but this guy could be working on your freaking path mark he could be this could, he could be a person that you know your whole life like the guy who let him live in his basement of his store in the storage basement didn't know that he was you know this type of individual that's freaking terrorist you know trying to start a civil war race war Joel? crazy all right um I don't think it's ever going to end, honestly, like, white supremacy, because like I said, a lot of the politicians, a lot of the police officers are white supremacists. They're the ones that, if they don't make the rules, 
they definitely can talk to people who can make the rules. So that's just how it goes. It's a revolving cycle. Like the only thing I, the only way I think and I hope that white supremacy can end is just, you know, by obviously you need more representation. Latinos is, you know, blacks, Hispanics, you just need more representation in those, you know, those, um, those careers, for example, like politics and or even to be, you know, police officer. That's the best way. Yeah. Because, I, like, honestly, the, they, they're the ones making the laws. They're the ones making the rules is white supremacy. Is that, and that's the same thing. I'm um, going back to like the last topic that Kamala Harris brought up when it came to like the, the appeals court. You know, you um, confirm all of these appeals um, judges and basically none of them are black, none of them are Hispanic, or if they are Hispanic, they're like white Hispanic, you know? Um, so yeah, I totally agree there. It's, it, you know, we just need representation across the board. Like you need people in power that are diverse. Like I think like diverse Diverse is a bigger threat to a lot more, a lot of um, white people in this country than white terrorists are. Like, if you ask, like, some conservative, like, yo, what do you fear more? Like, just, like, being diverse, like, you know, like, your children marrying a different race or having a different, adopting somebody of a different race. Like, do you fear that or do you fear, like, you know, some white supremacist group, like, killing, like, your, you know, white and black people in your, in your, your town, and, you know, you'd look at them, and they, they'd have to think for a second which one is scarier, and in their mind, you, you know, they probably won't say it out loud, but you know what the choice is, it's probably, you know, diversity, and that's, that's the crazy part about it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like an immediate threat. Like, or maybe, like, you know, they're helping them. It's, yeah, it's crazy. But that was, like, see, history repeating itself because that was the same thing. The guy, David Duke, ran for president in 92. And he was winning. He was doing well, David Duke. <laughs> um, Jesus. Well Trump, well, Trump, the first thing he said when he was running for president is, like, uh, <laughs> the Mexicans are rapists and murderers and they're bringing drugs into our country and I'm going to ban all Muslims from entering America. And, like, he did well, too. So exactly. I, I think it's very much like Joel says, we're, like, a far ways off from things changing. Yeah, like, you just got to change the system. It starts there. They're the ones making these laws, passing these laws, signing them. It's white supremacy. Yeah, and you see, we say, and and like Mike Pence said that white supremacy and um, systematic racism is a myth, and a fly landed on his head, and we just said that it isn't, and no flies dropped on us. Exactly. <laughs> no flies, nothing. Like I said, the whole thing is in order to just. And I, and it's not even defeating white supremacy because I don't even think it's gonna be defeated unless like there's just no white people on this planet and that's just you know that's just sad and who really wants to think of that like we need all types of people on this planet but that's the only way I feel like white supremacy will end it's just all white people just wish to drop dead. 
because so, like as long as they're running as long as there's white supremacists in office and and obviously on tv like the presidential candidates as long as they're still alive they're still making those laws it's going to keep happening and they make laws on top of laws like they make a law to stop you from you know like some type of freedom you have against this law so they make a law against that freedom like what is what's going on mm. well i don't want to seem like conspiracy theorist but uh has anyone on the internet said that the fly was trained by antifa what was it like a anti-fly <laughs> anti-fly <laughs> anti-fly the super antifa fly uh, another thing about that not to cut you off my, my bad but like didn't biden like sell like fly swatters or something like then they sell yeah, some type he, of fly swatter like you know five dollar swat fly swatters i think it was like more like tongue-in-cheek than like he's actually gonna sell swipe fly swatters but now i think i saw it's that clever. they actually sold those like that they actually made profit off them or something I gotta read. I gotta look it up again. But I'm like they actually sold those. Like they made that whole thing into like a a business type of thing because they sold fly swatters. So I'm like they made a mockery out of that too. Like what's going on? Mm. They probably uh, stole it from a young, young guy, young guys or young girls, young people. Uh, they got meme and then like you know stealing yeah. from the uh, the originators. Final thoughts, Mike. Okay. A lot of things that we talked about today are intertwined uh, with the election that's coming very shortly, uh, three weeks and change. Uh, Trump, his health and his uh, refusal to uh, transparency, it was like with their transparency, we don't even trust him that he has this. I don't, I don't trust that he even had it. So it's come to the point where I, I don't even believe something that People want it like they were like this encouraging. Hey, if he had it, he would understand more. And then when he has it, he obviously hasn't learned anything or he never had it. It's just chaos. That's one. Uh, with the debate, if that is the final debate, the vice presidential, vice presidential debate is the last one. I think uh, nothing has been really put forward that would sway anyone left or right or already firmly planned firmly concrete in their views uh, i don't know what's going on in the centrics we always talk about that um yes yeah, so i don't think another debate anyway would really change anything it's just more chaos the news every week is just more stuff to digest and then by the time you do the next round of uh news is popping out and speaking of things being uh digesting like this whole uh domestic terrorism plot that was thwarted just makes me wonder what else is going on. Like, what else uh, will we find out soon? Like, I, I, people always talk about like the board of like the 2020 board. Like, what else can happen? I don't know. Like, what else? You know, what other crazy things could happen that we can uh, talk about on the show and just deal with in life? But yeah, yeah. So basically, this episode, I always try to come up with a theme. Uh, the three topics, I think. I have to land on land on uh, chaos, like it's continuing to push, uh, destabilizing everything and just putting everything in jeopardy. It's chaos, like three weeks of the election, I, it doesn't even feel like it. Right. Yeah. 
Joel? Uh, just on the, really just on the presidential debate or vice presidential debate. Like I said, you know, I said on the last episode, I'll try to watch it, but it's just like to this point, everything to me is just, uh, you know, a comedy is for show, it's for, you know, it's just to make whatever presidential candidate look good for you know the strangest of reasons like Mike Pence had a fly on his head big deal what can he do for you know this country Kamala Harris can be snappy and she makes faces big deal you know what can they do like we already know that they have a you know troubled past troubled past especially you know towards black and Hispanics they already have the you know storied past and I'm just like torn I'm like I'm not picking again the lesser two evils i know i told you and i'm gonna say it on the podcast too like i'm not voting this year like i'm like i said it's just the lesser two evils again like no matter what even if i do choose for the lesser which is obviously biden and kamala harris it's like all right they're in office now either they do nothing they don't even make up for their past or they just keep doing like they just keep doing worse. Like what's the way, you know? But yeah, that's like really my only final thoughts is just on the vice presidential debate. Yeah. Um. So my final thoughts, like Mike said, it's it, it kind of like if you wrap it up, a lot of this is chaos. Like the president getting you know a disease that has killed two hundred and ten thousand um, Americans and even more worldwide. Um, a governor having like a kidnap attempt being um being thwarted um by the FBI, and then a vice presidential debate where you're sitting there after watching the presidential debate, and you're like, "Oh wow, all right, this is kind of like normal." You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this is this is the the area where we're at as a country. Like everything, it seems like we're in like a parody, um of it and hopefully we get back to like things being like traditional or things going back to the traditional sense of how America was you know democracy like we're we're not like a laughing laughing stock because I could see other countries looking at us and just um laughing at how we do things as of (laughs) the the um the current state of affairs but when we speak about parodies and political and politics and stuff there's a um twitter account i follow on twitter as a knicks fan it's hilarious um dolan j trump um it's a parody of jim jim dolan and it just like it's like if jim dolan were to say to tweet as like donald trump um so i follow that and um they just started selling merch and they DM me and asked me if I was interested in buying some merch and uh, they stuck to their word. They um, uh, pre-ordered in September and he said like October 1st, the shipments are going out. You want to be charged till your thing is shipped, which I wasn't. And it only took about like I, I, I got it on October 4th. So I was shocked. I came home, I saw a box, and it was my Make Nicks Great Again 
Um, hot. So, but I'm not gonna wear this until um Trump is out. But it's a you know a um new era hat, so it's legit. Uh, if you follow the account, it's funny as hell because Michael Rappaport, um, who's like disgraced amongst the Na- the Knicks fan base, he calls himself a Knicks fan. Um, I appreciate the thirty for thirty he did on the seventies Knicks, but other than that, like he's been like a joke. Um, but he actually tweets and interacts with the Dolan J Trump account as if like he's really like uh Jim Dolan because he's always like sell the team, you nutcase, da 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 da, and like it's just astounding he's not realizing it's like a parody account. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, this was episode twenty two. Check out our playoff. Um, yeah, Mike finally got his mug and he finally got his shirt. Um, let me, hit us up. Let us know if you guys want some merchandise. If you guys, if we get the request for them and people really want them, we could buy them and start selling to you guys and, you know, start doing some good things and you guys could rep the brand and, and stuff like that. Um, but we, we um check out the YouTube channel, check out the playoff. Um well we're gonna have our playoff finale because like we said, we were only gonna do it as long as the Yankees were still in the playoffs. As of last night, that's no longer the case. So we're gonna wrap up the Yankee season and talk a little bit about the rest of the playoffs one last time. Um so that's coming soon and check out the other um YouTube content that's coming out. And this has been Shug me the Mooney, Shug me the Mooney, Shug me the Mooney, Shug me the Mooney. Make Knicks great again. We need, I need a team to look forward to after the Yankees get eliminated. <laughs>